Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, happy Wednesday. Hope you're having a wonderful day in the USA. And, you know, despite all of our problems and despite all the insanity that happens at the federal and your state levels, America at its worst is still better than most other countries at their best. The challenge is we need to continue to work to make America better. And we need to basically weed out what I call the communists right now because we are under communist assault. I think it's a soft war, whether it goes to a hard war and we get into blood and bullets, eh, time will tell. But, you know, we're, I don't, I'm not going to say it's not going to get there. But before we allow that to happen, we got to do everything that we can to make everything change peacefully. One of the key center points of our economy has been the trucking industry. Now, I've, I've been preaching about this really since I started getting into broadcast almost three years ago because I've been around the sector for a long period of time. I know it moves everything. Now, if you do an internet search, it's going to tell you, well, trucking moves 70% of goods and services. And that's not true. They move 100%. It may originate from a, uh, a ship or a rail or it may from a, even a plane, but the bottom line is a truck has to move it to its final destination. So our economy is 100% driven on the success of the trucking industry. And in all the years that I've been involved in the industry, and it goes back almost 30 years now, the past few years, I've never seen an assault on one sector of our economy, um, even more than health insurance in terms of unfunded regulations, government interference, uh, cost controls, you name it, there's a lot of problems. And yet a lot of folks, they go to the gas station, they fill up their cars, they don't think twice about it. They go to the grocery store, they buy their groceries, they don't think twice about how that food got there. Without the trucking industry, folks, we're not a third world country. We're back into the Stone Ages. So there's problems that are going on, but there's solutions to fix them. I brought on a gentleman today, Mr. Louis Pugh, who is the executive vice president of the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association, which is a, uh, we'll just say it's an association that helps the independent trucking driver. Now, when I say independent, I'm talking about these are not the large mega fleets that, that you'll see advertised. These are from one truck to, you know, a few hundred trucks. A lot of them are really under 20. 10 truck fleets, five truck fleets. And what this organization does is it's out there to give a voice to that trucker uh, in Washington, D.C., because they need that voice. And right now they need that voice more than ever before. But more importantly, we need your participation in getting some of these things across to the House of Representatives, to the Senate, of some mistakes that we think are being made that are going to hurt folks. And with that, I'll bring Louie on. Louie, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing fantastic and looking forward to being on the show with you today, Darren. Thank you very much. And, and um, yeah, we, and I like to say we represent the, not only small business truckers, but all truckers and drivers out there. You know, that's important too. people lose that sometimes in our name. They think we only represent owner operators, but that's far from the truth. We also represent drivers as well. Um, quick history lesson before deregulation, independent drivers were considered non, non-union guys. So that's where the, the driver comes in as well. Well, you know, that's it's and 
you know, we'll, we'll have to do a show about regulation, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, because that's a whole show in and of itself. But here, I want to focus on some things that are happening right now. Uh, there's a lot that's going through Congress, both houses. One of the things that is a big thing, uh, when it actually came out in 2019, uh, you know, Representative Chuy Garcia had then came out with uh, House Resolution, I want to say 3749, to raise insurance limits based upon the cost of living. Of course, we know the guy that originated that bill was a trial lawyer specialty in suing truckers. Well, that didn't happen because at the time we had President Trump in and there was a little bit different in the House and Senate. Well, now it's, it's a different animal. And they're talking about raising limits. It's been from as much as $4 million to potentially $5 million, all the way down to two. I'm not hearing anybody saying that they don't want to go through. Now, I know personally from the industry standpoint, I know what it represents from being able to offer those on an industry-wide basis to every trucker. There's a problem there. Um, I know that there's going to be a cost issue there. But from what you're hearing with the drivers, the topic of this increase in insurance minimums, and by the way, for our listeners, if you want to understand what this means to you, if they have to have an increase in their costs, they can only shoulder so much. It's going to, it's going to trickle down to you, whether that's increase in cost of your groceries, your goods and services, your fuel, whatever it is, they can't just suck it up forever. But Louie, what are you hearing right now out amongst the drivers about the concern on increase in insurance minimums? Oh, I mean, the drive, the concern is, you know, is unprecedented, unprecedented because it just affects, you know, if you're a small business trucker, this is something that could wipe you out of business very quickly, you know, if not instantly, if this would pass, um, you, you know, and you're correct in time. I think it will fix it. It would. I, I don't know if you say fix itself. In time, it will be passed on to consumers. There's no doubt about that. But the problem in trucking, it takes a long time to trickle things down. I mean, trucks are expensive. Everything's expensive. But unfortunately, rates, salaries, all these stuff, they haven't really kept up with inflation. And, you know, that's a whole other discussion. Right. But, but the problem, there's... Ninety-some percent of the trucks out there, or business trucking companies out there, are small business carriers. Now, probably the mass, but the big carriers that we all see going up and down the road, they probably have more trucks to per se. But the small business carriers, by far, are the biggest guys out, the biggest group out there on the road. Problem is, the big carriers they uh, kind of control the marketplace to a point. It's just like all business, you know, the big box controls the, you know, the little mom and pop right. places anymore. It's kind of what we've gotten to in society. Good. You know, we can argue it's good or bad, but, um, but with that being said, the big carriers, of course, they can absorb some of this themselves. A lot of the, the bigger carriers are self-insured, which means they still have insurance somewhere, but the first maybe million or so they, that's, they pay that out themselves. Well, the little guy can't do that. Um, insurance, truck insurance, it has increased, been increasing for probably the last 10 years, maybe longer, you know, unfortunately, uh, for the guys to buy it. I, I personally was in a trucking business for 20 plus years myself, small business carrier, was leased to, a care, leased to other carriers, so I kind of worked like a subcontractor. I didn't have to carry my own primary liability. Prior to coming to OIDA full time, I was thinking about 
getting my own authority because some, the stars had aligned and on something and I was seen by doing it at the time. Now I'd been trucking for 20 plus years at two and a half million miles of safe driving. The quotes I were getting were $20,000 a year plus. Plus, plus your physical damage, plus your cargo. Yeah. But just for that it was 20,000. And that's because it doesn't matter how good of a driver you've been, how many years yeah. of experience, when you get your own authority, you're considered a new person. Yeah. We have seen quotes come in here to OIDA, um, you know, and, and just in full transparency, we do offer insurance to our members. As a member-based organization, we try to have programs and things to help them. Truck insurance is one of the things we do to try to help them. But we've seen other quotes come in from other carriers as high as fifty and sixty thousand dollars. Trucking is a penny profit business. Very, very meager profit lines in trucking. I'm here to tell you. It's kind of like the grocery business. You got to let them move some volume. Exactly, or or restaurants or any of that stuff. Yeah, you know. And when you're a one truck guy, you can't absorb a. You know, we don't know what the increase will be. Right now, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is what you're required to have as an interstate motor carrier. The federal government, our own feds, did a study just a couple years ago that takes care of ninety nine point four percent of all accidents out there. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any other government regulation that encompasses and takes care of 99.4% of the problem. That's, and the that's, other, a, good, that's a great point. Yeah. And the other 0.6%, they're so catastrophic or whatever, there's no amount of money that would ever cover them. And, and that's coming from our government. That's coming from DOT and stuff. That's what they, that's what they say. That's not what we say. That's what they say. Well, you know, that's an interesting point. And the insurance statistics point to the same way. I mean, we know that what this is basically, when this bill came out in 2019, again, it was originally drafted a uh, gentleman out of uh, PA8 um, who, <laughs> Democrat, which I don't have a problem being Democrat. I have a problem with him being a plaintiff's lawyer specializing <laughs> in suing trucking companies. The problem we've got right now, I think a lot of people realize, I'm not saying that the argument that inflation has not kept kept up with insurance rates in relation to medical and other costs. I can't argue with that. But again, the statistics don't warrant the increase. This is purely and simply a gift to trial lawyers. You're right, Dan. I mean, you said right there, they're saying it hasn't kept up with inflation. So in my opinion, if it's 99.4% being taken care of now, it seems like truckers have been overinsured since the 1980s when this law was, this was made law. Yes, they have. And the, the challenge is, is that's not going to change. So it's something, here's what, here's my question. You know, right now, this came out of the House. They're, you're not going to change this in the House. They've already voted it out. Where it's going to be decided on is in the Senate. Are you having any success with these senators, whether it's through a reconciliation bill, whether it's through infrastructure, whatever they want to package it in, in suppressing this increase in limits? Right now, fortunately, unless something's changed in the last little bit, because it seems to continually change, it's not in the infrastructure bill. We think it's going to stay out of there. We think it's... Um, Reconciliation. Just, yeah, yeah. They, they, we think it's going to stay out of this infrastructure bill, you know, and I know get all this, and we don't think it's going to come in there because we think there's too much controversy, and we know the Senate's trying, you know, you watch what they're trying to do a bipartisan bill. I don't necessarily think it is, but nah, that's here, here, there. But with that being said, it's not in there now. 
We think we're going to be able to fight and keep it out of there, but it's going to bring its ugly head uh, back up again. You know, you know, and I, the one thing I always like to say, drivers are carrying $750,000 insurance, covers 99.4%. When the average, but the average truck accident only costs like 18500 That's the a- average accident, only 18500 All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to go into infrastructure when we come back. We're going to take a quick break right now. Folks, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast. Our special guest today is Louis Pugh from OOIDA. We're talking truckers, infrastructure, and how it impacts your pocketbook. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, We'll Travel. Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Information Edge podcast. Our special guest today, Louis Pugh of OOIDA. This is a live show. If you do want to call in, 866-472-5788. If you do decide to call in, a couple of things. Number one, uh, we talk. We don't yell. Uh, We don't allow profanity. And if you do want to call in, make your questions brief. Um, and then we would ask you, you know, exit uh, back out and listen in. Now, we were getting into, we, we kind of started talking infrastructure there for a second, and we were talking about that this current one, and I'm not convinced it's the final one, but that this current version of infrastructure, they've removed the insurance limit out, but then they, they, they put something that for two years I couldn't get anybody to talk about, and that's the vehicle miles tax. Now, 
they're going to slide that back in. Now, truckers already pay a vehicle miles tax in what's called a NIFTA tax. So the question is, I've not had a chance to crack this open. Are they going to take, if they go through with this, are they going to take away the IFTA tax and put in a higher tax for truckers? Or is this something they're going to try to put on top of it? Or is this still unknown yet? Because I don't think people actually understand just how insane a vehicle's miles tax is in the United States. It's designed to make driving a car or a truck basically undesirable. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, they've already done a lot of other things that's made driving a truck undesirable at times. Um, you know, as far as what they, we've heard it all different ways. Um, you know, this, I mean, you had a uh, senator down there in your area wanting to do a truck only VMT. And of yeah, course, so that, yeah, let's, let's look, I'm going to be, I'm going to apologize on air for John <laughs> Cornyn. I don't know if he took his brain out and, and washed it in cocaine that morning. Or went out on a drunken tirade. He was a motorhead for just absolutely spewing that. And uh, Cornyn doesn't speak for the rest of us in Texas on that topic. Well, I have some good friends in Texas that are in trucking, so I understand that well. Yeah. And you know, who knows where he came up with that crazy idea? But it's crazy. Yeah, I, think it, I, think, anyway. I, think, I think he did a line up his nose and got a brain fart. What I think. <laughs> well, with that being said, you are correct, <laughs> truckers are already paying way more than their fair share into the highway trust fund. You are right. They have, if do they pay, you have to keep track of all the miles you run in each state. And at the end of each quarter you pay, you know, for those miles. Now, when you buy fuel at the fuel pump, those taxes are automatically collected right there at the fuel pump pumping in your truck, which when you file your IFTA, you write down the amount of fuel you bought, where your fuel went. And of course, if you bought enough fuel in a state or you bought more than enough fuel, then that fuel can be credited to other states, and that's how the money. This is something that's been working for years. It's been out there for years. It's already set up. We don't need another bureaucracy. We don't have to keep other records. And, you know, it's the same when people don't realize it, but it's the same when they fill up their car. The only difference between a car and a truck is, is when you buy it, when you do it with your car, you don't have to keep miles and credits to other states. That's, you know, being commercial. Let me, let me ask you a question, Louie. Okay. And, and, and I, I know the answer, but I want to hear what you say. <laughs> okay. There's only, there's very few ways that you can do a vehicle miles tax. Okay. If the American public has to do the same thing as truckers and actually keep a manual log, what do you think will happen? Do you think we'll have anarchy in the streets or a real insurrection at the Capitol? I don't think people truly understand what a vehicle miles tax entails from a documentation standpoint. Well, unfortunately, and you are correct, I don't know what we'll do anymore. I, I, who knows what the American people do anymore, but I do think there'll be a lot of the population will be happy because you are correct. You are some way going to have to be tracked now. That's what it comes down to. Just yeah. like truckers, hours of service, you know, they made this mandate a couple of years ago with ELDs to where they track truckers now all the time, you know, something and something that could have been, was being done cheaply and correctly. And they made them now buy this expensive electronic equipment that doesn't work half the time. We've had all kinds of other issues, which I can be another whole show, but with that, that's what you're going to have to do now. Well, you could be on your telephone, you know, but somewhere, somehow, the government's going to have to know how many miles you drive. Now, and what where looks, you drive. And, and where and all that. And when, you know, I don't know whether you're going to pull up to a pump and it's going to scan you 
you know, or what. Now, a lot of the proponents of this are arguing, well, this is because there's all these electric vehicles and all that stuff out there that's not paying their fair share. Well, then, then is, focus on the electric vehicles. Exactly, which can be, in my opinion, and, and you know, they, they can charge a, a federal excise tax at time of purchase to cover the amount. They could do, well, wait, you know. Louis, they're giving $7,500 right now to buy the damn things. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm serious. You can buy an electric car. Uncle Sam's going to give you $7,500 because there's not enough market desire to buy these things. I, I saw the same thing with the windmill a few years ago. I thought about purchasing a windmill, personal home windmill. And it was a bit shocking to me what the windmill cost, but it was also shocking how much of that bill the government was going to pick up. Yeah, you know, and then in, on the reverse side, and this is kind of going back now, but in 2011, when they passed the last round of EPA rule for trucks, I bought a truck in 2012, new, and I thought the whole claim then, because they put all this pollution stuff on there that was had a lot of problems with in the beginning, but the, supposedly the air coming out of the stack was cleaner than the air going in intake, and it did run clean. But I got charged an $8,000 emissions tax for buying a new truck. And I'm thinking, shouldn't they be paying me? Because I'm scrubbing the air. But <laughs> That's a good point. I'm just saying, you know. But you're correct. The vehicle and, miles, look, you either, you either do a manual tracking, you do a digital tracking, you have a something on inspections where basically it's kind of like you fill it, you turn it in, you, you drove 100,000 miles based on your prior year. You know they're going to want something digital and tracking. You know, I already know that the trucking industry, that you, you already have to deal with this invasive technology right now through electronic logging devices. Yes, that is correct. I don't think the American public truly understands what this legislation means in terms of its cost and the invasion of privacy of what this is going to be, even though they're going to say, well, you know, we the, the big trucks are rolling out there. We need more from them. But, yeah, we need you to do your fair share. I think it's it's, it's disaster and waiting. Trucking industry, you, I, I think the question is going to be, is this a tax in addition to or in lieu of? Yeah, and we've been asking this questions. And, of course, some lawmakers say, well, we're going to get a w rid of, you know, all these other taxes, your IFTA, your fuel, and all, and some FET, and some, they'll all go away, and this will be the only tax. Uh, but then other law, but you know, I, I'm very well, skeptical. Well, they put it in writing. Yeah, I'm very skeptical of that. It seems like taxes never go away. We just no. trying to get more, yeah. you know. And of course, no one wants to, uh, you know, call it what it is. It's just a, t you know, VMT. What they need to do, I guess, I'm so, I'm rambling there, but what they need to do is something that hasn't been done since I think it's 93 now, is raise a federal fuel tax. The highway trust fund's going broke. We all know this. Our roads are in disrepair. Our bridges are in disrepair. Truckers need their infrastructure. There's no parking out there, which is a whole other freaking problem. We need well, now, wait, now, supposedly there's been legislation proposed to solve that problem. Yeah, and, and there was in the House bill, but there's not in the Senate bill now. We have no, and we're fighting hard. We have a bill out there, 2187, the Truck Parking Safety Act, in fact, to address this. But, 
again, there's no parking out there. There's all these problems with the roads. Nobody, you know, Donald Trump, President Trump, whether you like him or don't like him, in the beginning, he said we need to raise fuel taxes 25 or 50 cents. I forget what it was. Yeah. to get these things and fix this infrastructure. And he was correct. We needed to do it. And I don't know what happened. He backed out on that. Which well, no, what happened was he got, it basically fell on deaf ears in Congress when he came out. That's what happened. Yeah, and exactly. I just wish that he'd have kept pushing it. And this is just me. He should have just kept pushing it. You know, he, he wasn't have. afraid to push other things. He should have pushed that. But with that being said, that's water over bridge. We got a new administration now. And it's like, instead of, do it like I said in the beginning. We already have all this stuff set up. It already works. If the only problem here is elect is the electric cars or all these other cars, then like you said, I'm just a dumb country boy from southeastern Ohio. But I don't understand why they. You know, I see these little electric pumps everywhere now. I, there's a couple of my little town I live in here in Missouri now. I don't understand why they can't just put a fuel tax of some sort on that electric pump and collect money from the electric pump the same way they do from the fuel pump. Well, see, there's, where you're, there, there's where you're looking for logic in the chambers of a liberal heart. <laughs> and I don't think you're going to find it. <laughs> I don't disagree. Look, the reality is that the, the electric vehicles are not free. Uh, there's a cost per kilowatt hour to power those cars. I don't know what it is. I haven't researched it, but you know, if someone if someone's using 500 kilowatt hours a month and then they go buy an electric car and now they're using 800 kilowatt hours a month, you know, they need to look at what that cost is. There's a cost, and in every area where that's expanded, that's increased. And and speaking of which, what's your what's your thoughts on uh, the the attempt to make the trucking industry electric? You know, Volvo's gone all in. You're seeing some other big names going all in. What's your thoughts on that? Me personally, I mean, I think it'll happen someday. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think the American trucker's there yet, per se. I don't, you know, again, I was a victim of the last, I shouldn't say victim because it's not like I didn't survive it. I did, and I did, I had a good dealer and stuff. But I would say I was a victim with a lot of costs, a lot of costly repair and stuff with the last go round of EPA approved trucks in the 2011 deal with DEF and the particular and all that stuff. So I had some issues with that. Again, survived that good dealer, had good support from the truck manufacturer, had, but there was a lot of victims who never made it. It buried them. And, and you know, I think any of this technology, and we all want clean air, and we all want a clean world, there's no doubt about it, but we have to make sure this stuff works. We have to make sure it's affordable. And, and, and you know, that's always been the problem with electronic or electric vehicles. We have to get the charging rate and the infrastructure, so there's a lot of things to come. I'm a free market guy. I like to see, you know, again, and I use free market for my last truck. Fuel prices, as we saw back in the – you know, 2008, 2009, up to 2012, 13 were crazy. Right. My, I like, I drove big brick, powerful trucks that used a lot of fuel. My last truck, I bought an aerodynamic truck, saved a mile and a half a gallon, and that pretty much paid for the truck. So that's free market. This is the market, and that's me right. driving. And that's what I like to see with these electric vehicles, not mandates to push this stuff on. Well, the research I've done, we, we, we're nowhere near it. We don't have the infrastructure for it. And the cost to make the changes, we're simply not, we don't have the money for it at this time. 
All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today, Louis Pugh of OOIDA, and we're talking about trucking infrastructure and how all these things impact you and your pocketbook. We're going to pay a few bills. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. I'm Darren Yancey with special guest Louis Pugh today of OOIDA, and we're talking trucking infrastructure and how it impacts you. You know, um, there's been what we call the nuclear lawsuits. Um, they've, they've been increasing a little bit in frequency. The severity has just gotten ridiculous uh, in terms of payouts. And I know OIDA has an insurance division, so I know you guys have had to deal with this. Um, in 1994, we had the Warner accident. And then in 2018, the, the verdict came out. Now, for those of you who have not heard about the Warner case, here are the undisputed facts. There was, this is in West Texas on uh, Interstate 40. There was a family driving one direction, and it was starting to be inclement weather, and there was a Warner truck driving in the opposite direction, and there was a median in between the two vehicles. The family driving in the opposite direction, something happened in that vehicle. We're not really sure which. Somebody fell asleep, whatever it was, heart attack, lost control, came across the median and hit, and hit the Warner truck head on. Now, the common person would say, 
they're responsible for the accident. But plaintiff's attorneys got a hold of the safety records for Warner Transportation, and this is a tactic they're now using in these in, in some of these accidents. And they looked at all their safety and said, "Oh, that was a relatively new driver." And, and oh, you got in here that he shouldn't be driving. Well, that makes you that makes you the fault of this accident. What was worse is there was a jury on crack that bought it. And lo and behold, we got a $90 million lawsuit. At the time, was the largest out there. Just to, real quick, Louis, when that, when that verdict hit, how did that shake OOIDA? Well, it shook us. I mean, it shook the entire trucking industry, I think. I mean, this is scary. I mean, $90 million, I mean, that can wipe a company out. That can wipe Warner out. You know, I don't know their bank account, of course, but I I could see how it could wipe them out. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Nobody's going to get insured for that kind of money, so they're going to start taking assets and everything else, in my personal opinion. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, this is becoming a trend. And and I get what you say as far as the, the crack-smoking jury or however you said it bought this. <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, this is what le- – this is the root of a bigger problem – um, and, you know, is the fact that if you start traveling around America, and this used to not be the norm, say, 20 years ago, but I'd say in the last 15, and especially in the last five, there are ambulance chasing attorneys putting billboards all over America. If you were involved in an accident or this trucker. Truck ran, accident. Truck accident. Yes, truck if you've been involved in a truck accident and they show a truck and, you know, uh, and I, like where I really first hit me is I moved out here to Missouri four years ago. I travel and I live from, from Southeastern Ohio. So I run back and forth across the interstate seven and go home, going home on Thanksgiving late at night, coming into Indiana, cross the state line. And there was like, it seemed like a hundred billboards in the first 20 miles. It wasn't that bad, but for this one attorney in Indiana who anybody who trucks or drives through there, I'm sure they've seen him yeah. and uh, he's got these everywhere. So what this does, whether we realize it or not, it puts this seed psychologically in people, the back of people's head, the trucks are bad. You know yes. I mean? That's all you see. Yeah. And, and you, you see the TV commercials is becoming a norm because unfortunately there's probably too many lawyers in the world. I think there is. They're, they, they're, they're always looking for a new revenue stream because they can't make enough money. So they went through all these things. Now they found trucking is easy picking. It's and, their you know, mecca. and unfortunately, since, you know, y'all, I've heard this forever, my entire trucking career. Well, you were the professional. You should, you know, you were the professional. Well, yeah, I'm a professional. I have two and a half million miles that I'm very proud of. And I believe that my skill and my ability is part of the reason. I also firmly believe the good Lord above and good luck is why I got those two, because there's been many, many cases where a split second, yep. if I, I things would have been different, a split second difference, it had been really bad for me or somebody, something, you well, know. I've watched a lot of cars dart, dart in and out of front of trucks. I'm thinking, you know, that, that thing doesn't stop on a dime. No, and it's unfortunate, and, and it's these these truck these truck lawyers, which I don't even think this should be legal. They get these accident reports. I was involved in an accident 
about six years ago in my personal vehicle. I wasn't in a truck. I was going to Columbus, Ohio. It was winter time. I did nothing wrong. We were going up the interstate. There was a wreck. Everybody's coming to a stop. Roads were slick. The guy behind me wasn't paying attention. He comes flying up through there, hits the semi beside me, bounces into my pickup, and takes out the whole left side of my pickup. Everybody was fine. Nobody got hurt. Anything. This was on a Saturday morning. By Monday morning, I'm getting phone calls from all these attorneys in Columbus, Ohio, which I lived the higher mile way. And by Tuesday afternoon, I had received four letters from attorneys. I had my girlfriend and my brother with me at the time. They also got letters and phone calls from different attorneys. It's like, to me, they shouldn't even be allowed to have this information (laughs) about this accident unless I go to them. Well, the the sad thing is, and I, this now this is a little dated material. A couple of years ago, I had um, some people on from Century Insurance on uh, my Friday show that I do, and we were talking about nuclear suits. And basically, this is this was in 2019, based upon 2017 data. Okay, that the increase in the nuclear lawsuits and third party litigation, which is a whole other topic, we got to work on one day. That the average consumer had increased costs of over $3,000 per person per year because of these nuclear suits. That, in effect, wiped out a tax tax break that President Trump had put in place. And I don't think people actually understand how expensive these things are in terms of of keeping people on the road. Right now, uh, this last week, it was announced that what had happened when Warner got this suit, they appealed it, okay, went to the Texas uh, Circuit of Appeals, that's a three-member, three-panel justice review. One of the justices retired, and in the process of reviewing it, they said, you know what? We don't like this. So they've kicked it to what's called a nine-panel justice review board, and they're going to get what's called an in-bank review, which is basically a bench trial. Uh, a lot of people think that the bench trial will probably go back and reverse that decision. If that decision is indeed reversed and that uh, – award tossed out, as I think it should be. Um, The facts are undisputed. The people in the car hit the truck, not vice versa. And if that truck hadn't have been there, they're going to hit something else. Okay. Do you feel that that's going to send an equally important message throughout the trucking industry? I I know it will for the insurance industry. What do you think it'll do for the trucking industry? I hope so. I mean, again, I don't personally, and I don't have all the information, I don't see what this driver did wrong. They were slow. They were they were they were within their hours of service. The roads were bad. I get it, but all truckers have had to drive on bad roads. That's just part of the job. You slow down and you do what you're supposed to. If it gets too bad, you get off. But the road. I mean, unfortunately, truckers too many times get painted as these bad outlaws or whatever. And I don't know a trucker out there that doesn't want to be safe and get home to his family. I don't know anyone who wakes up in the morning wanting to kill anybody. But they were driving down the interstate doing what they should and their car lost control because they weren't doing what they were supposed to and came across to me and hit the truck. I don't see how in the world this can be the trucker's fault. And unfortunately, that's one of the problems in trucking, in my personal opinion. You can be doing nothing wrong, but you can go to prison. I, you know, just on a technicality or something. And it shouldn't, it's not fair at all. The courts, the courts seem to be stacked against you. 
The attorneys are stacked against you. Even the medical field and some of this stuff we've seen working with the attorneys is stacked against you as a trucker. And God forbid, I feel bad for these families. But but at the end of the day, and, and you know, just to kind of go back on what we were talking about with the insurance memes, that's another issue here. Part of the reason these trucking companies and truckers get go, they go after you because you're the people with the high insurance and the high and and you know the there's money in the there's money in the bank exactly cars automotives a lot of times and we've seen this a trucker hits a, gets hit by a car or something they never get made whole because some states have minimums as low as ten thousand dollars is all you have to have for liability insurance on your right. car if i crash my hundred and fifty thousand dollar truck because, or you crash it for me you're never going to make me whole correct but yet, but but it's not the same for the trucker and the truck, and that's the part of the problem in this industry. And nobody ever wants to talk. All these people want to increase insurance memes. They never want to get into the discussion of how the automobiles carriers, like I said, I think Missouri, $10,000 minimum. And that's what a lot of all a lot of people have. That's well, never going to make What you're happen. talking about is something I can tell you has been discussed privately behind behind closed doors is that there, there's a lot of discussion, and, and unfortunately, it would have to be done in a, in a really a collusion-type environment, and that's why it hasn't happened, is there's been a discussion, should there be an equivalent limit of personal auto insurance equivalent to what a commercial vehicle was carrying in the marketplace for these exact reasons? And I can tell you, there's a desire to do it on the behalf of the insurance companies, but they are scared <laughs> to death that if they start coming out and automatically saying, well, the marketplace for commercial 750,000, we're not going to sell anything other than $750,000 limit policies. Um, the cost would be dramatic. And then there's, of course, there's the guys that are nicknamed crash, you know, do you really want to be offering them $750,000 limits? But I can tell you if the insurance companies could go out and collect the premiums, you and I both know they'd do it in a heartbeat. Uh, it's just, it's one of those issues. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. We've got our special guest, Louis Pugh from OOIDA, talking truckers, insurance, infrastructure, everything around the industry and how it impacts you and your pocketbook. We're going to take a quick break. we come back. We're going to wrap up the show. We're going to talk about a fallacy that's out there called a driver shortage and why it's a myth and how we can bust it. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the last segment of the show. we got a couple of topics. We're going to get right to them. All right, uh, there's always this myth out there about a driver shortage. Today, there was an article came out that the airports are going to be running short on jet fuel. Not that there's a lack of supply of jet fuel, but there's a lack of supply of hazmat truck drivers to deliver these products. And I know, you know, there's a little bit more that goes with that. Uh, Let's talk about the myth that is the the driver shortage. Uh, Yeah, well, as I like to say, it's a driver turnover problem or a driver churning problem. There's far from a driver shortage, you know, and, and it's, it amazes me the people who tout this also report that they have a 96% turnover rate average. Now this is long haul trucking companies. This isn't your LTLs or private fleets we're talking about. This is long haul trucking, which is where most guys get their start and where most guys work. But with that being said, you can't have a shortage of something if you have a 96% turnover rate because you have a lot of people that they got 120, 140%, just like you have some companies that have eight or 10 to get a 96% average. Right. And it, it's always funny to me. I, I go to Capitol Hill or I talk to elected official or another news reporter and they want to talk about this. And I tell them, you know, the turnover rate and they kind of look at you perplexed. And I'm like, well, think about this. If I got a 140% turnover rate, that means that over I'm overturning 40 of more than 100, 140 people at a time. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and then it starts to sink. Uh, and yeah. The thing is, is what, what I mean, we, we, you and I know what the problem is. It's a compensation, whether you're, if you're, if you're an employee, you need more salary. If you're independent, you need more freight rate. They've got to get some benefits some way and, and, and basically stop the unfunded mandates, get rid, get rid of some of the regulatory red tape. And I, I personally would like to see the trucker treated more like a, a person than a commodity. 
Exactly, and that's what truckers are. You're right. I, first and foremost, I think salary is the issue, but then there's a lot of other things that play into that treatment of these guys. You know, they're promised the moon when they come. Um, unfortunately, truckers' time is not doesn't mean anything to anyone. Unfortunately, our supply chain, when it comes to trucking, you might as well say is broken because there's so many shippers and receivers that use truckers and use their equipment as rolling warehouses. I mean, I personally have set at places longer than it took me to go deliver the load. And we're talking about a load that goes four or 500 miles down the road. And and you don't get paid for that. I mean, right. most long, you know, and this drives a lot of other things. This creates a turnover. I mean, again, the same people promoting this shortage, they like to go out there and wave the flag at, I think the last I saw was just a few couple of weeks ago. Average long haul trucker is making fifty three thousand dollars a year, and how that's a great salary and blah blah. blah. Okay. That's less than what it was thirty years ago. It, well, there's a very good point. Trucking hasn't kept up with inflation since the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Had it, truckers would be making six figures. But where I come back on this fifty three thousand. I think that's a decent way from where I come from. That's good money, except for they don't point out you spend 200 plus days on the road away from your family. You miss little Billy's football game. You miss little Jenny's ballerina recital. You're missing your wife's anniversary. You got to go three days without showering sometimes too, Louie. Unfortunately, you're constantly trying to find a place to park. You're forced to pay for things like parking and stuff like that, that you never get reimbursed for. You sit at shippers or receivers and you're treated like dirt for hours upon end. And then you have to live on the road, which if anybody goes out to eat is very expensive. And so you're eating two to three meals a day on the road. So that, my opinion, you're spending ten to $15,000. Then with the last round of tax cuts that we got, drivers, drivers, company drivers lost their ability to write their per diem off when they're on the road, which was really a blow to company drivers. If you're an owner-operator, you still could, but a company driver, you couldn't. And again, so all this money they're spending to live out on the road, they can't even regain that in their, in on their tax return. And All right, let's 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 flip the subject, and I'm and I'm gonna throw at something that I didn't tell you, but I know you're gonna have an answer for. There's a group of people that say, well, the solution to the driver shortage <laughs> or driver turnover is automation. <laughs> automate trucking. We don't. If we automate trucking, we don't have to deal with all these problems. What do you say? Um. I say we are a long, long way from automating in trucks. And what I see in automation and all this stuff, I'm not saying there's not a place for it, but I think we're a long, long way from ever automating the industry completely. Uh, I use, for my example of myself, I hauled frack sand in West Virginia and Ohio and Pennsylvania to these wells before I came. That was the last thing I was doing with my truck before I came here to work. I went out muddy old cow path haul roads where I had to be hooked to a bulldozer and drug to the top of a mountain and let back down from the mountain or all these places like this. I don't think a computer can do that from all the sensors. There's nowhere for them to use their sensors on a muddy, dirty haul road getting to a well access road. <laughs> yeah. Plus well, there's many other things that come along in trucking that we could talk about for 
We don't have the infrastructure for the trucks and equipment that we have now on the road. I don't know where we're going to get this money for the infrastructure for all this automated stuff. Well, and that's that's part of the the discussion of what they want to put in the infrastructure. Let's let's switch real quick because uh, we're running out of time. California Bill AB five, uh, which basically uh, I think has been a disaster for everything. Now they're looking to do it on a national basis with the Pro Act. Real quick, give us a summary of what of how it is negatively impacted trucking in California and what kind of disaster it could be on a national basis if the Pro Act were to be passed. Well, you know the AB five bill and the Pro Act are kind of two different things where pro act is giving you the right to organize and unionize and stuff in the, where the other is going after the worker and, and the con, you know, whether you're a, whether well, the you're pro act does have the independent contractor pro uh, test in it. Right. But it's the way it's set up. different. The thing is though, they are going to cross one's a labor thing. So with that being said, yes, I, it's not popular amongst truckers. Most truckers, I mean, just like myself, I was leased to a carrier. And the problem we see with it is you're like a subcontractor trucking such a diverse industry and there's so many diverse things that we can to test it. The problem we see is in the right off the get-go, we can't get anybody from California, first of all, to tell us how they're going to enforce it or even what you can do to be compliant with it. They don't know. We've asked if you're incorporated and leased to a carrier, are you okay? Well, you're paying yeah. yourself a salary. Nobody seems to know. I mean, you can go back to dere- before deregulation. A lot of guys were wondering what they called the two-check system if they were leased to a carrier where they got a, where they were an employee of the carrier right. and they got to check that way and benefits, and then they got a truck check. Is that going to be the model? We don't know. Is that a good model? A lot of guys don't like that idea. I'm not a fan of that. I want, if I'm, like I said, I was leased to a carrier, so it's like a subcon. I want all my money. I'll decide where I want to buy my insurance and my retirement, my benefits myself. But, you know, but it's going to be a total game changer, not only in trucking, but many other things. And, and nobody knows how they're going to force it, what they're going to do with it. So it just, again, it, we're, we're getting the cart in front of the horse, in my opinion, when we don't even, how, what do you got to do to be compliant? That's my first question, and no one can answer that. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that point. Listen, hey, we've had a blast having you on the show today. Um, uh, thank you for sharing everything. Uh, I hope we can get you back on it very soon. We're about to run out of time here. But um, one last thing. Now, right now, you you got you guys have got an education program for truckers, but you've also, this this can kind of enlighten the every non-trucking people as to what, truckiers have to go through to get on the road. How do they access that? Um, I assume you're talking to our truck success program. Yes. And that's if you, I mean, the biggest, easiest way is to call or get on OOIDA.com and there's a link right on our webpage, but it's a three-day seminar on how to go from being a driver to a full-fledged motor carrier and everything in between. And we cover, you know, specking equipment, taxes, insurance, benefit, or, um, back office, you know, permitting, licensing, uh, all these, firing your after all this stuff. So if anybody out there is thinking about being an operator or, or already is and needs some little help of success, it's a great thing. You can call here to OID as well, but there's all kinds of information on our website and it's October 26th through the 28th. All right. Wonderful. All right, folks, we're going to have to conclude it there. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. I hope you've had uh, a very entertaining day today. We like to be informational, educational, and uh, 
hopefully entertaining at some point. Louis, thank you for coming on. We'll do it again in the future. Thanks we'll be back next me. week with another message. Thank you, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.